good adventures, everybody. I want to welcome you to episode 99 of Books Cubed. And today I have got Shelly Snow Pordia, and we're going to talk time travel, which is one of my favorite subjects. Uh, she's a writer, not a time traveler, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe she can't tell us if she is. So welcome, Shelly. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, yeah. I'm going to read her bio. Shelly Snow Pordia is a story coach, ghostwriter, and the author of the Tracing Time Trilogy, a story which spans three generations of women who find their way in the world while seeking to save themselves and those they love, which is very exciting. And I like that it's a, a timely message for the planet. It's, a, it's good stuff. It's a love story. It's time travel. It's all kinds of good stuff. So I know you've got, uh, you write children's stories also. I'm well, right. I published my first children's book. Um, I say my first because hopefully I'll get to do it again, but it was just a COVID project that, um, you know, I was just inspired by not being able to see the people I love. So I wrote a little story to help uh, parents and families kind of cope with the strange practice of social distancing and, you know, just embrace, you know, the time period we're in. Um, being able to show how to love in so many different ways is important. Oh, I like that. I like that because we've all been so isolated yeah. and it, it affects some people more than others. Now, for some of us, yeah. we're like really excited to not have to go outside, but there's a lot of people <laughs> that, that really want to be out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great idea. Uh, the book is The Hug Who Had No Arms. Uh, let's first talk about the time travel though. So what brought you to time travel? Um, you know, I was always obsessed with it. Um, I really credit my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Michaels, if she's out there somewhere, <laughs> with just kind of fostering this desire to write in me. And I wrote my first creative writing project in sixth grade, and it was a time travel story. Um, and then it wasn't until my dad's sudden death 10 years ago in July that I picked up, I had a dream and I just picked up this story of like, you know, you have that sense when you lose somebody close and especially it was suddenly, you know, and it was an accident. And so no one expected it. You know, we always expect our parents to have this really long life. And um, when that happened, I always had the sense of like, oh, if I could just go back and, you know, like see him again, or um, so that sense of longing was on my heart and it was just kind of a natural process to go ahead and you know work through my emotions by writing oh I like that I'm sorry about your dad Thank but you, you know that kind of comes through um in her longing to find her husband yeah it's funny yeah, because so I didn't write it right away I had that dream and then I was like almost paranoid. Like I was superstitious that someone else would actually die if I wrote this story. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, like I said, it was just more of like this sense of what would you do? Like if the closest person to you on the planet was no longer around. So that would be hard. So give everybody, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> knocking things around. No give everybody just a brief rundown of what this book is about. Yeah, so it's basically just about a woman's journey of kind of losing herself in her relationship with her husband and children and, you know, living overseas. And then once that was taken away, when her husband disappears, 
Um, she basically refused to believe that he was dead like everyone was telling her and then just desperately trying to get everything back the way that it was and going to great lengths and following him basically in his time travel studies um, and trying to you know get back into his world so that she could bring him back into hers. You have three books in the series and it follows the generations. It does yeah so the second book is actually picks up with the little girl, Maggie, who is in the first story as a very young child. Um, And then um, in the second book, it picks up with her 14 years later because her, her, both of her parents essentially disappear since Anna chooses to go and look for her husband. Um, So they essentially both disappear in time and then they do kind of reunite in time. So the first half of the book is told by Maggie, the, the daughter, and the second half is told by Anna again. It picks up again with Anna um, when they kind of like blend into the uh, meeting in time there. And then book three is actually told by the granddaughter, mostly. It's it's Maggie again, starts with Maggie, and then it goes into the, the granddaughter of Maisie. So <laughs> will, will this continue to a book four or does the story conclude? No, it basically concludes. I tried to tie it up pretty well. Um, I have some reviews online that said I did. So that's enough for me. (laughs) So hopefully that like brings a story. And it's interesting because like I said, I was dealing with my father's death when I first started writing Um, my second book. I was in this period of my daughter becoming a teenager. And then the third book was my daughter got engaged. And I was like, dealing with all these feelings of posterity and oh my gosh what happens with the next generation I'm not a grandmother (laughs) but um you know I just kind of it's it's very much one of those like emotional states you can kind of see it um through the trajectory of how I envision um you know generationally the posterity of myself and and my family I guess (laughs) you know you talked about um writing in sixth grade yeah. Was writing something that you thought about as a career? Never. No, I didn't. I was actually, I spent about 10 years as a teacher and I'd overseas, which, you know, I get a lot of my story from my own experience um, being, you know, living in Europe for 15 years. I drew a lot from that experience uh, with Anna living in Mongolia. You know, the setting is there in Mongolia, which is, you know, I just chose a different place so people wouldn't be like, I'm, you know, just writing about my own life, (laughs) you know? So, but I did live in the mountains. And so, you know, I put them in a setting that was, you know, glaciers and large mountains and ice caps and all things. Um, But yeah, I uh, worked as an international teacher at an international school, actually an English teacher at an international school there. So, I mean, writing was never far off. I did actually teach creative writing classes. I taught English grammar. Um, yeah, it was always very much the language of my soul. You know, I just, I wrestle with words all the time to try to convey, you know, the innermost feelings. And I, I find it fascinating because I always feel as a writer that I never quite get there. (laughs) Are you working on a new series yet? I am not working on a new series yet. I'm actually working on a memoir. Um, yeah, my background is a little, oh, unique, I would say. Um, I grew up in a cult. And so, um, yeah, the, the experiences that I had there kind of inform the work that I'm doing now, especially I spent a lot of my time doing some advocacy work. Um, and yeah, that's 
kind of my heart at this moment. I am working with my brother um, on a screenplay um, again, just you know, to kind of paint a fiction, fictionalized story of what it's like to grow up in a cult. So um, those are my endeavors, writing-wise, just for my own personal projects right now. But I do have a, I have a series in the back of my head that I'll eventually do <laughs> another one. <laughs> for, for the cult, did you leave on your own or? Oh gosh, yeah. To... Kind of a long story. My brother actually um, ran away when he was 17. And so that kind of threw me into this trajectory of, I just have to keep the peace. I won't make anybody mad. I ended up going to the cult college. Um, so it was, it wasn't until I moved to Europe that I kind of broke away. There's, you know, no ties, even though I did meet my husband in the college, he was not, he's from Europe. And so he was like, not associated with him. He's like, this is weird. I'm out. Um, <laughs> but we ended up getting married and I moved overseas. Um, and so that clean break, I think was really <laughs> what I needed for my mind just to be blown about like how the actual world operates and lives and, you know, how many things I can learn. Yeah. Was it isolating? Inside the goal? Yeah. Oh, I mean, even my experience, if I think that you'll read into it in the novel, um, that everything was isolating for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would list. Um, so if you know anything really about like how they teach to identify what cults are, one of the major things is um, training people to self-regulate as far as my rules, those rules that were there that they were imposed upon me became my own rules. So my own way of thinking, my own thoughts, that's, you know, people balk at the word brainwashing. So I know that a lot of you know, I won't use that if it's offensive to people, but like, that's essentially what you do. You regulate yourself to believe all these things. So it was a lot of unpacking, um, you know, isolation for sure. Growing up, we rarely did any activity outside of the church. Um, but as far as, you know, moving overseas and like not speaking the language yet and have to, having to learn that, and that was isolating in and of itself and not knowing the culture yet and that was isolating and then like I said just understanding that I had freedom of thought that took that was a years-long process for sure yeah definitely and so the the novel is a fictionalized account but based on things that happened to you and your family I mean you know the novel that I'm that I wrote like the the you know series that I have it, it I think I inject a lot of the emotions that I had um but not necessarily like there's nothing factual about the actual story yeah. <laughs> you know I mean unless I am a time traveler and I can't tell you well the series is well received on on Amazon yeah. are you wide are you other places besides Amazon yeah yeah absolutely um I'm you know it's registered with uh Ingram Sparks and so it's like available pretty much anywhere you find books yeah no I know the the big thing is that and they tell all new writers this don't read your reviews and oh, yeah. uh I know mm -hmm. when I was a new writer uh my first book I of course read all of my reviews and it actually one of them helped me it talked about she she doesn't like uh she didn't she didn't like one of the characters one of the one mm. of the characters in the book so she'd been uh he'd been her arch nemesis for 10 years and the review said well the reason why when it's finally revealed the reason was so lame 
And it really made me laugh because it wasn't lame. It, you know, if, if you've been, uh, if you've had a, had issues with anybody in your life, sometimes we have the stupidest reasons why we dislike someone, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought this isn't lame, but I love that she said it was lame. So in the next book, I wrote it in. There's a kid. So she explains to someone why she's hated this person for 10 years. And they tell her that is so lame. That is so lame. And then she gets mad at that person. So for, for, for that, I thought it worked great, but I try not to, I try not to look at them. Hmm. Are you, are you able to keep your eyes off of your reviews? Um, So yeah, I don't like intentionally set up a time to go and look at them or anything, but every once in a while, yeah, I'll just be curious. Um, or if I'm like pursuing more reviews and asking people who I know have bought the book and read it to go ahead and review it, that kind of thing. So that's, you know, the time that I will go in. And actually I find it helpful to be honest. I remember when I got my first one star review and at first I was like, oh my gosh, I have a one star review and I didn't read it. And then I went back and I read it and it was so it was so interesting. I was excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, this person I don't know at all bought my book. And the thing that they didn't like about it is I have mysticism and they are of a camp of like this highly scientific, um, you know, interstellar type science fiction time travel thing. And they don't like the fact that I wove some mysticism into it. And um, then one of my other like lower star, it wasn't one star, but lower star reviews says that it was a little too scientific for them. So, you know, it just made me realize I don't like my story isn't for everybody and that's okay. Like I'm looking for the people that it resonates with and if they enjoy it, that's fine. And I mean, it was nice because the, the person who gave me the worst review actually complimented my writing style. They just didn't like the fact that, you know, I brought a spirit guide into the story. So, you know, that's so interesting that one person didn't like that there wasn't science and one person did, didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, you're right. You can't please everybody. Yeah. I know someone, I can't remember where I read it, but they wrote a write about ghosts and they had a reviewer actually say, that's not how ghosts behave. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. It's like, yeah, it's just a story. And that's the thing. Like I have to hold it very loosely. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, says in her book, Big Magic, that once you release a story, it is no longer your own. Because she gave this um, uh, like example when she was out on book tour for Eat, Pray, Love, and a woman came up and told her like, that she had saved her life you know, when she got to the part of the story where she decided to leave her abusive husband, it gave her the strength to leave her own abusive husband. Wow. And you know, Elizabeth Gilbert just thanked her and said whatever, but she, She's like, I never once called, you know, a claim that my husband was abusive. He never laid a hand on me. I was just in a relationship that I could no longer mentally support. And so I decided to leave, but that story became her story and that's okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's such a great, you know, example of how we don't own it. Right. It is what it is to the other person. That's fine. It's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're right. She's right. As soon yeah. as it leaves your hands, it becomes other people's. I, I, yeah. I was on Twitter once and I won't say what author, but there was an author and oh, absolutely loved this author and they turned out to be kind of a, a jerk. And so I, I know I was so sad to see that, but they were upset because people were reading things into their book that they hadn't written. They needed to understand that everybody brings their own perspective. They bring their own 
life experiences. They bring their own hopes and desires to the story and they fill in the blanks and they make it their own. Like that lady did with the abusive husband. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it becomes their story. I think that's wonderful that you can put Mm -hmm. something out in the world that, that just resonates and, and becomes part of someone else's experience. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the hope? Like you always infuse yourself into the journey of, especially a fiction writer, fiction character, you know, when, when people read the book, they, you know, I want them to experience it as Anna, right? (laughs) And so she's going through this journey, but you're hoping that the readers, if you've drawn them in enough to where they feel like they are experiencing this. So of course they're bringing their own narrative to the situation and, you know, so however they feel about it is out of my hands. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. becomes theirs, becomes theirs for sure. Yeah. So there's all kinds of little things sprinkled throughout the book. Yeah. And it made me think of my, my own, I have, um, this character has her brother has a, uh, he's famous and, uh, there's this website that was created of people that dislike her because she keeps, she keeps them away from her brother. She's his, she's his personal assistant. Hmm. So they have this website they've created and it's actually a real website, which I probably shouldn't have said. (laughs) 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 So, uh, but anyway, so if anybody reading the books goes, they can, if they take the time, they can go and find that website. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything sprinkled throughout for your super fans to find? Yeah, some of the places, um, like in England, because, you know, they go into England. So some of those places are actual places. Um, one of my dearest friends that I worked with in Europe in the international school, she is from a beautiful little town in England. And so most of that setting, like you can go and visit the castle that I reference, or yeah, I think it's castle, a manor, whatever, I guess. <laughs> big house that rich people yes, live in. Yes, <laughs> the big house that rich people live in in old England. Yes, <laughs> those places. So definitely. And then there's, you know, the typical characters that we base, you know, our characters on, the people in life that we have. Um, but there were two that I did not change the names on. Um, so they know who they are. They can see who they are in the story. <laughs> nice. So everyone who's ever known you will now be reading the book and looking for themselves. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that people that we know always think that they're the characters, especially the hero in the book. And so a lot of times you have to kind of say, well, you know, I drew upon many people, wink, wink, and yet it could have been you, but it really yeah. isn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes them happy because they think that they're in your book too yeah or it makes him sad and my husband because you know the first person of course I gave it to was my husband to read and he's like I die you kill me and I'm like whoa keep reading but mm, you're not David and I'm not Anna it's like you know not a thing <laughs> it's fiction yeah it's yeah. fiction <laughs> that's you know it is funny because even my son told me he's like um I have a really hard time reading it mom because I know that's like some of the circumstances you base some of the stuff on. And so it's just weird. Because, <laughs> you know, I do, like I said, I, I infuse my own story like into the emotions. And most of it is just like emotion and not actual circumstances, but you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My, my husband always says, um, if I didn't know him, I wouldn't be a writer because I wouldn't have anything to write about because I take a lot of, of, the situations that happen in my books from things that he's experienced or 
that we've experienced with friends of his, you know, that kind of thing. He, he was a flyer and all over the world. And so oh, okay. and I've got this great collection of postcards. <laughs> I was sitting oh. at home waiting. And yeah, this, this COVID year was supposed to be the year that we finally traveled. And I got to go to all these places that he went to. Oh. And we had, we had just gotten our passports renewed and we were going to go on a cruise March 28th of last year. Oh my word. I know. That's crazy. I'm really happy it wasn't a month earlier because we could have been stuck at sea. We could have gotten sick, you know, all yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they think, I think they locked everything down. I think my, my mother's nursing home was locked down like the 16th of March or the 13th, yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the cruise was canceled like that week, maybe. And, uh, and yeah, it's been, what month is it? <laughs> I know. Or uh, April. Tomorrow is May, right? <laughs> tomorrow's May. Holy cow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this thing um, is over soon. I had a friend who just posted on Facebook that they are going to 20 books to 50K. And if you are not a writer, this is a conference that happens every year in Las Vegas. Uh, might not always be Las Vegas. I was thinking that they were in Europe at one point, but uh, I think couple of years ago, they were in Vegas and they are again this year and they have a couple thousand writers that get together, all indie writers. It's all indie things. And oh, it, wow. it's really cool. And they come from the idea that if you have 20 books out, you can make 50,000 a year. If you have, you know, good covers and well-written books and oh, good, nice. good blurbs and, you know, you do some sure. advertising kind of thing. It's not just going to be 20 crappy books, you know, you got to <laughs> have some, you got to put right. some work into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. And so I thought that would be super fun. And I love Las Vegas. So was there something like that, that you either spent money on or thought about spending money on that would advance your career? Yes, always. <laughs> so I actually um, invested in a program where I had coaching and like really dove into it. Like I said, I had no experience in the professional, you know, world of writing. Um, and so I, you know, hired a coach and I had like 18 months, my first one. And then I, there was another program that I bought, um, and ended up buying, you know, hiring that coach. And, um, I've gone to conferences, like you said, not that one, that one sounds really cool. I've been part of the, um, Missouri Writers Guild. That's where I live in the state of Missouri. And so just things like that, always constantly trying to invest in the craft. I felt like, you know, I needed another four-year education <laughs> to figure out how this all works. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, the days of um, just putting your book out there and you're not doing anything else are, are long over. And, yeah. and anybody, I used to be a literary agent and anybody okay. who thinks that you can just hand your book over to an ego, I, I know people that will say, I just want to get an agent. And I don't want to worry about marketing or anything. Guess <sighs> what? You'll give your book and the agent, they sell it. You're still going to have to do all your own marketing. And it's always been like that. The only people who will ever get the marketing done for them are the Stephen Kings of the world. Yeah. The people who are already selling well, you know, an unproven writer is going to get a couple of weeks in a bookstore and they're going to send back the books and you're not going to get a second book or a third book unless you really put a lot into it. So why give all your money to a publishing house? You know, yeah. why not just, you know, you got to do the marketing anyway, learn to do it, do it yourself, get all the money yourself. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, I, um, 
I had put like a book proposal together for my memoir that I'm working on. And my coach was like, um, you know, cause that my thinking was like, okay, I've done this self-publishing. What if I like just get a book deal and get an advance and then like worry about all that other stuff. Like I can just write, I can like be paid to write and not do the other work that I'm doing um, to get that book done. <laughs> and he's like, um, you really have to have a marketing plan if you're gonna turn in this book proposal to anybody. <laughs> And I was like, okay, maybe I'll just do all the marketing and self-publish again. <laughs> you know, it's just that one of those things, like you just, you got to do it. It is our job to represent ourselves. And I mean, it's, it's a good thing. I remember working for, you know, a corporation that I had like, a, I had a direct report and they had the meeting with the higher ups and stuff. And I felt like if I could just one time re represent myself. I think this would go better, you know, <laughs> it was a frustrating work environment. Um, so, you know, you have to kind of like take it how it comes. You can represent yourself and that means a lot of work. Just do it well, show up and, you know, sell your story. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, most definitely you have to. So do you have, which leads me into, do you have a website? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. okay. I do. Yes, I, so I have a, an author website. It's just my name, ShellySnowPortia.com. Um, but I also, so through my coaching, I've actually learned so much about the industry. And so I actually now help writers or, you know, new authors, entrepreneurs um, do the whole self-publishing thing. So I'm a story coach and that's with my company, The Creative You. So oh, I have another nice. website. Nice. Okay. But cool. my, yeah. My author site will take you like, if you just click on the services, whatever it takes you to my um, oh, great. So I'll have links in the show notes for Perfect. anybody interested if you're an author out there and need some help uh, getting things rolling. And uh, yeah, Shelly's right. You really have to have a plan, a battle plan. Mm. You know, and you can't, um, you can't just sit back and wait for people to discover you. You can have a great book and no one will know about it if you don't tell them. <laughs> yes, yes. Sometimes we forget that we're in the age of information. And so like your little thing that you throw out into the world, which is amazing. It's the first step. Of course you should do it, but it's going to get lost amongst the data that is floating around in, you know, the ether. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I, I want to say there's like six or 7 million books already published on Amazon and they publish I forget how many every day. And because of the pandemic, everybody was locked inside their house and the number of authors went way up. Also, do you remember when Amazon was just for buying books? Like <laughs> that's how they started. They were a book company. That was the thing. Yeah, that was the thing. And so, yeah, it's a great, great tool for us authors, but <laughs> it's like the most competitive space that you can be in. And so, like you said, the marketing and even, you know, like I, I write for other people now to pay bills. Right. And so I, and I help people write and stuff, which is, you know, my main source of income, but sure. I would love for, you know, my writing to support itself. I don't know that I'll ever be on the level of Stephen King or JK Rowling's and that's okay. <laughs> you know, I just, I know that I have a tool that I can utilize to work and continue to work and that was really my goal yeah yeah have, have you seen the new um amazon has a new feature i think it's called vela v-e-l-l-a and did. it is like wattpad yes i haven't looked in i mean i got the email 
And I started to read a little bit of it and I was like, I have to actually dedicate some time for that. So I didn't look into it further. Yeah, if for anybody uh, out there who uh, likes um, serialized things, it's like Wattpad or um, there's another radish. Yeah, so it's like they have them in little novellas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do yes. chapters and then people buy tokens and then they pay one token for every hundred words, I believe it is. Oh. And it has to be between, I think, 600 and 5,000 words for every chapter. Oh, wow. So, you know, I can see some people who are fast writers, you know, publishing a chapter a day. Wow. Kind of thing. And I'm thinking, oh, there's just no way I can write that fast. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fast writer either. I definitely ruminate on the story and write and rewrite and write and rewrite. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I got a lot done. I, I published three books in three years. So it's not like, you know, I, I don't do it, but I can't yeah. do it like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you do what works for you. Every writer yeah. is different. Every yeah. writer is different. And some people, like I said, I've got a friend, I'm, I'm co-authoring a series, a paranormal series with him. And he is currently writing space opera. I'm going to have him on the show when he's, his first book comes out like next week. It's really good. Oh, and wow. uh, he writes like, sometimes he'll write, write like 5,000 words in a two hour session. <laughs> Just want to reach the screen and smack what? him. Yeah, he's crazy. That's amazing. He wrote like, um, I think we, we started, we, we have a, a, a Zoom group that I write with in the afternoons and I invited him on. He wrote like a 240,000 word book in just a few months. Wow. That's like, incredible. Yeah. 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 But does yeah. his editor make him like pare it down? <laughs> My editor. Yeah. Oh, like, I think oh. he split it into three. So I remember as a kid reading, and I can't remember what the name of the book was. It was a book I read in maybe sixth grade. And there was a scene where they talked about the windshield wipers going back and forth in this car during the rain. And I just thought the way it was written was absolutely amazing. And after reading that, it really made me want to be a writer. Mm. And, and I, for years, oh, it took me a long time to actually get to that point, but I, I still remember how I felt when I read that description, the rain hitting the windshield and the windshield wipers going mm -hmm. and the two people in the car having some sort of an argument. Is there something that has stayed with you novel-wise that that inspired you toward the path that you've eventually taken? Yeah, wow, that's a great question. I was trying to think as you were talking, like, do I have that one scene in my head that I, I can't remember a time when I wasn't trying to read? <laughs> um, you know, I was, as soon as I could read, I was trying to read everything. And our, you know, because we were very sheltered, um, the only thing that was allowed in our home, which was an exception to the rule because my parents really liked literature and studying and things. Um, so most of the kids would not have access to the same books I had access to, um, but we had classic literature. And so the things that I remember reading were things like um, Algonquin. And I mean, like from, you know, first grade, kindergarten, first grade, I would read these. <laughs> Um, and then even um, Jane Austen's works, the Bronte sisters, which I mean, it's so funny, because when you actually read them, you're like, 
but why were these stories allowed because they're really like a little racy for what you're being we're being taught in school and church you know <laughs> so um but yeah I just I was always so drawn and in love with books because I was able to kind of put myself outside of the you know very small world that I was in oh well thank goodness for the books oh my gosh right <laughs> <laughs> most definitely well you know it's something i think all the time thank goodness for books if we didn't if we yeah. didn't have that way to experience a different alternate reality you know a different yeah. different place a different time um you know they open your eyes to so much about the world that that you wouldn't see if you didn't crack that cover you know, places yeah. especially for I, I really like um historical fiction yeah. and i know sometimes it doesn't really historical yeah <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah. liberties are taken um but sure. it still opens your eyes to a time period and i have found myself going on google and looking up things that i've read in in historical fiction and go oh does that did that really happen or well, i want to read more about that and right and um and yeah i mean it's brought more of the world to me i think so true um there's an author and i can't remember who's credited with the statement but they say that fiction is are the lies through which we tell the truth and i think that's I that. beautiful that sums it up perfectly right yeah it, definitely it might be does. stephen king i'd have to look it up but it, yeah yeah i don't know that, that does sound familiar but I, I don't know who said it so if you know who said it yeah let <laughs> leave us a tell. comment <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have looked it up by then sure. um, but uh but so so tell everybody uh really quick how they can find you and run down what your writing service is one more time. Okay, sure. Yeah, so you can find me, um, like I said, on my author website, it's just Shelly Snowportia, my name.com. And then um, if you're looking for writing services, that is the creative you. So you take off the E off the word creative and you just replace it with the letter U because that website was a lot cheaper than spelling all the words out. <laughs> um, and so that's where I do all of my other stuff. So I do ghostwriting, story coaching. Um, yeah, I just, I work with a handful of different clients who need help either publishing. I'm hoping that's where I will actually, um, I hope to have it done by the end of the summer. Um, I'll launch a course that is going to be affordable, a lot more affordable than I paid for my <laughs> original stuff um, to kind of like help people just get through the self-publishing process. If you're a self-starter, it'll be perfect for you. Just step-by-step step, how to get your work out into the world. So I'll be publishing that there, which will hopefully allow more people to kind of like get in touch with me. And I won't have to, like, I have to now say no to clients right now because I've got projects on the table where I have to get, you know, certain clients through to their publishing date. And so um, you know, my hands are tied with some of this. So that's why I was inspired to be like, okay, I need to make something that is, you know, it's kind of, it leaves online, it's evergreen, and you can access the knowledge that I have without me holding your hand, basically. <laughs> that's a yeah. great idea. And yeah. do you have a mailing list? You said you had a mailing list and they can sign up from there and then they can yep. find out more Absolutely. about the course mm -hmm. if they want to sign up yeah. now, but the course doesn't come out till June or July. Yes, correct. Um, it'll probably be more like August that it'll oh, come okay. out. <laughs> Oops, I've got you moving. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, so you can go to Shelley's website. I will have links in the show notes. I want to thank you for coming on today. 
And if anybody has any comments or questions, please drop down to the show notes and you'll also find me on Instagram, books underscore cubed. You might not need the underscore. We'll see. You can try it both ways, but you can find me there. And I want to thank you, Shelly, for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure.